This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. Dave, it's finally arrived. It's bowl season. We'll be looking at five college football bowl games for the first week or so of bowl season and also jumping into the NFL for five games. And then we'll look at the markets, see what uh, what maybe it's saying we should play. Dave, what are you thinking for bowl season here? You know, like we talked a little bit last week, it's a fluid situation with opt-outs and transfers. And, you know, I mean, look at a guy like Marvin Harrison that was offered the equivalent of what he'd get first-round draft pick money, like $20 million NIL. You know, is he going to play or isn't he? So it's really just a matter of timing with these bets if – if I've already bet Missouri, so that's kind of a moot point in this case, but that would just be the the, the big standout example. There's a lot of them that are uh, lesser known that are of equal importance on certain bets you might make. I believe if he takes the one-year $20 million to stay at Ohio State, he'd be like the 14th or 15th highest paid receiver in the NFL. You could argue either way. I guess, you know, he was brought up right, so I don't know how that's going to go, but, you know, suppose he... He gets hurt next year and, and, you know, has a not, I mean, you know, you could fix an ACL, but, you know, I I don't know if you want to jeopardize 10 or 12 years in the NFL either, but, you know, I'm glad that's not my decision to make. Although for that kind of money, I wish it was, I guess, in, in hindsight. If it was me, I'm going to the NFL, but Dave, let's jump into those college bowl games. First bowl we're going to look at for the pod, Myrtle Beach Bowl. It's going to be Georgia Southern and Ohio. Georgia Southern currently favored by three and a half with a total sitting there at 48 and a half. Dave, do you have anything for this game? Yeah, I mean, I think I have to like Ohio. I mean, their starting quarterback, Curtis Rock, is, is out. The transfer portal. Um, also, their Miles Cross, the starting wide receiver, and their starting running back are all out. And the backup running back, I guess, is out too. So, you know, it's kind of been one of my things to fade the Mac in bowl games because they just don't play any competition. I know Georgia Southern's leading rusher, and he may or may not play. He didn't play in the regular season finale. But with that offense, they can pretty much plug in pieces. So I'd have to say Georgia Southern's probably the right side. Yeah, I agree with you. Georgia Southern was my play in this one. And it's it's basically just fading the Mac, which, like you said, it's a good rule of thumb in bowl season. And just going one step further, fading Ohio. When you have your do-everything quarterback, your top two running backs, your top two receivers, your top tight end all being out, and you're like an average offense in the MAC in general, I don't know where the offense is going to come from, but I do know Georgia Southern, though they do have some people out, like you said, that's a high-flying offense. It would have to be Georgia Southern minus three and a half for me. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I don't think it's an overreaction to lay the hook there, but you just never know. Moving to our second bowl game here, we're going to look at Jacksonville State and UL Lafayette. Jacksonville State favored by two and a half in this game. Total sitting there at 58 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for the New Orleans Bowl? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not really. I mean, Jacksonville State's um, edge rusher, Jalen Swain, and, and he's kind of a stud. He didn't play in the regular season finale. They've been out without one of their starting corners since uh, probably three quarters into the season. So I don't know that I trust that defense. And Louisiana is down a starting linebacker. So, you know, I know, and they're missing a starting left tackle. He he was injured. So that's kind of not good. I'm kind of 
lean in Jacksonville State, but I really don't want anything to do with it. That one's all you. Yeah, this is my favorite bet here. I'm going to take Jacksonville State minus the two and a half. Maybe in some places it could be three. If you're scared of that, I'd just take the money line. Basically, this is Jacksonville State's national championship. You know, they weren't supposed to be in a bowl. They were good enough to be a bowl team, but because of that NCAA probation switching from Division One AA to Division One single A, they have to sit out. They got their bowl game. Only one guy is actually opting out. I know you mentioned some injuries, but only one guy's leaving. UL Lafayette, I mean, they're six and six. I get that it's closer to home for them, but they were a better team under Billy Napier, and now they're six and six. It just feels like a blah bowl to them. And I feel like Jacksonville is going to be the much more motivated team. I'll take Jacksonville State. Fair enough. Moving on to our third game for college football bowl season. We're going to look at Miami of Ohio and Appalachian State. Currently in this one, Appalachian State favored by six and a half with a total of 44 and a half. Uh, Dave, what do you think for the Cure Bowl? I have to like the under there. I mean, it would be easy to take App State, but App State's down two wide receivers and uh, they're leading Russia due to the transfer portal. And as far as um, Miami goes, I mean, yeah, it's another MAC team, but, you know, Avion Smith is probably not going to play. They're starting quarterback. And if he doesn't play, Henry Hessen's going to start. And he said, actually five pass attempts in college. So that is not not a good thing. You know, I want to take App State, um, but I guess I, I think the under is the best bet in that game, really. Yeah, that was where I was going to go. I'll take the under 44 and a half. You mentioned the quarterback situation for Miami of Ohio. Their original starter, Blaine Gabbert's little brother, he got hurt towards the end of the season. Now Smith, the backup, is opting out, so they could be down to their third-string quarterback. I don't see where they're going to really – score i mean their only opportunity it looks like through statistics maybe run the football but that's going to create less possessions app state i believe is down to their backup quarterback they're a team that likes to be pretty balanced but if you look at what miami does they do a really good job stopping the pass and the run i think both teams struggle to score the market agrees with us i'll take the under 44 and a half yeah that's that's the one uh, looking at our fourth college football game, it's going to be New Mexico State taking on Fresno State. Currently, New Mexico State favored by three and a half, some places four, total sitting there at 51 and a half. Dave, any thoughts on the New Mexico Bowl? And there goes my dogs right on cue. I guess, that, you know, it's tough. I mean, Fresno's Tedford is going to step away. He's got some health concerns, so I don't know how that really affects them. It, it probably doesn't. You know, I, I look at New Mexico State. I actually like New Mexico State during the year, but they've lost Diego Pavia, their starting quarterback. Um, well, they didn't lose him. He's expected to play. But, you know, he's losing Trent Hudson, which is a pretty pretty high-level wide receiver that I don't know. I I guess I would reluctantly lean New Mexico State if if Pavia is healthy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'd take New Mexico State minus the three and a half. And it's just... New Mexico State had a good season. And by the way, shout out to you, Dave. You did give out the New Mexico State team total over in our uh, preseason podcasts. But they went 10-4. and four, And two of those losses were to Liberty twice. And Liberty was one of the better G5 teams in the country. You look at Fresno, they're limping into bowl season. I mean, they're 1-3 in their last four games. It's a team you mentioned, Tedford, not going to be on the sideline. Now you lose your head coach. But another thing is New Mexico State is playing in New Mexico. And one thing about that state is it's got a really high elevation. 
Now, Fresno, they play in the Mountain West, so a lot of high elevation games there. I did some digging on those games. Not only did they fade at the end of the season, they faded in some of those games at higher altitudes against the Wyomings, against those certain types of teams. I like New Mexico here, especially if Pavia plays. Yeah, give me New Mexico. Yeah, well, we agree. I, I, I like to argue with you, but I guess I can't. Well, maybe we'll argue on this one. Now, this is a bowl game next Monday. We're going to look at Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. Old Dominion started out as a dog, now a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite. Total sitting there at 54-and-a-half. Dave, what are you thinking for the famous Toastery Bowl, a.k.a. the old Bahamas Bowl? Western Kentucky is just losing a lot of people. I mean, their, their, their offensive line, basically all of it is in the start is in the transfer portal, which makes it tough to obviously move the ball. And Malachi Corley is an NFL prospect wide receiver. He may not play Austin Reed, their quarterback could miss the bowl. So, you know, that's why the, the move, I mean, you know, old dominions got some transfers too, a lot of wide receivers. So this could be another one where I could be convinced to take the under, I think if that were the, again, we have some, Soda maybe's here with some guys, but I'd be betting the under if you made me bet it today. I looked at a side. I looked at the Old Dominion minus the two and a half, and you kind of talked about it with Western Kentucky. Three of their five starting offensive linemen in the portal, they're not going to play. When I think of Western Kentucky, I think of throwing the football around and, and whipping it around. It sounds like their quarterback, Reed, is a little banged up. Sounds iffy if he's going to play. If he doesn't play and more than half the line's not playing, I don't know how well that's going to go. The fact that Old Dominion's kind of balanced, but they like to run the football, one thing that Western Kentucky doesn't do, stop the run. I know you said how Old Dominion's got some players out too, but I don't think they're as important as your offensive line and starting quarterback for Western Kentucky. So I would I would take the two and a half with Old Dominion. Fair enough. I think at 55, I'll take the under. So Dave likes the under. I would take Old Dominion. Dave, anything else here in the, the first full week of, of bowl season leading up to next Thursday that you were looking at or maybe already put a bet out there on? Um, well, you know, to be full transparency, I, I bet Boise State getting a few points against UCLA. And I, I, last night and this morning, um, UCLA took a lot, a lot, a lot of money. So... I may be looking to get off of Boise State. I have to. I have some research to do, additional research, and that's the only one that's kind of spinning around in my head, whether I get off of Boise State or go with my first instinct. But that's a fair bit of money uh, not to be ignored. Yeah, when I looked at UCLA, Boise, or even Cal and Texas Tech, just with all the transfers and guys leaving and not going to be there, whether it be from the coaching staffs or the rosters, those were two games which – most people, I think, because they're you know mostly power five schools or schools they recognize, will probably bet those heavily, just the general public. But I want nothing to do with those games. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of games. There's, what, 41 or 44 bowl games. I'll, I'll probably bet 10 of them heavily and 10 of them because I can and ignore the rest of them. Because if you just sit there and follow line moves and transfer portals, there's so many overreactions, you'll probably end up losing money. The only other game that I looked at, it's actually the Frisco Bowl on Tuesday. My initial reaction was UTSA minus the points and the over. We know with their quarterback, Frank Harris, he's played really well. He's been there forever. They got off to a slow start, but they've really come on. Marshall has a ton of guys in the transfer portal, and just in general, 
they're down to their backup quarterback and it isn't a good situation. So if, if I like the UTSA minus the points in the over, maybe the safer one bet might be the team total over. Yeah, possible. I mean, the other thing you got to look at, you know, I'm not pointing to this game specifically, but when you have a, you know, Marshall's a fairly public team, I guess. When they lose people, if they're playing a weaker opponent, you know, that may just mean that they're equal to the weaker opponent. You know, they've just got better players on the bench. You know, it's, it's like, you know, Georgia's going to lose all these guys, but they still got a lot of really good players. So that just goes back to my let's not overreact to these. You know, let's look at the matchups and see how important they are to the matchups, not just, okay, well, so-and-so is not going to play. They're not going to win. That's it's, It doesn't work that way. Well, that'll do it for our college football bowl season for the first week. If you want to find any more of our content, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor, or you can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler, or find his work at pregame.com. Dave, let's jump into the NFL side of things here. First game we're going to look at, it's actually going to be a Saturday night game. It's going to be the Denver Broncos traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. Currently in this one, Detroit favored by four, four and a half, with a total sitting there at 47 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for Broncos-Lions? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting game. I mean, the the, the summer line was was Detroit minus two. Uh, and now it's higher, obviously, four, four and a half. I, you know, the early number was clearly based on what Denver's expectations were with, with Peyton coming in, yada, yada, yada. Um, and they're finally kind of playing to the level that people thought. But yet I can get four, or four and a half. So, you know, for me, it's not all about the Broncos' offense, but the Broncos' defense over the last three games. They're fourth in points allowed. And the Lions defense over that last three games is allowing 28 points per game. And, you know, that's a defense that once allowed Carolina to score 24. Um, I'd like to trust Goff. I'd like to not trust Goff. But, you know, he's thrown 10 picks, but five of them were against the Bears. And I just I just can't trust him. I think I'm going to take Denver plus the points, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's the way that I was looking at it, too. Just the Lions, it looks like they've kind of gotten figured out on the defensive side of the football and teams have you know, know that they can throw the football on you. I mean, they've given up 38 to the Chargers, 26 to the Bears, 29 for the Packers, 28 for the Saints, 28 for the Bears. That's their last five games. Now, the Broncos' defense isn't very good, especially through the air, and I think the Lions will be able to run against them as well, so that'll even soften up Denver even more. I leaned with Broncos catching the points just because of how bad that Lions' defense has been. And I think I would take the over 47 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to like that over. And here we have a standalone primetime game. And, you know, we know the stats on how many of those games go over. I mean, it's not a ton. And the fact that it's under 48, which is, you know, somewhat of a key number, that concerns me a little bit. So I will pass the total. Moving on to our next NFL game. Now we're going to hit the Sunday slate. It's going to be the New York Jets traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Currently in this one, Dolphins favored by eight and a half with a total sitting there around 37, 37 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for Jets, Dolphins? Yeah, I'm still pissed at the Jets. I mean, 30 points in the second half last week. I had the under in that game and it was scoreless at halftime and, and lost. You know, look what they did to Houston defensively. One for 15 on third and fourth downs. 135 total yards. I mean, that, that defense is, is is totally legit. I mean, no, I know that was Houston. And the Dolphins have to start taking everybody seriously now. Otherwise, I just said, you know, maybe, maybe not. But, 
you know, is Hill going to play? Is Hill not going to play? I, I would put that at 50-50 right now. But they have to win. I mean, they've, they've got Dallas on Christmas Eve and Baltimore on the road. Um, could be a weather game. Buffalo at home. So they don't have any gimmies. Uh, no layups for the Dolphins. You know, they could go from a possible, probable number one seed that they had to, you know, if they're not careful, you know, a wild card team. They had a huge lead. I mean, I guess the Jets are going to bring some confidence. So I don't think I'm going to take the Jets. But I think what I will do is take the Dolphins team total under. I mean, if, especially if Hill doesn't play. And I know that's kind of anti-public sentiment, but I think the Jets' defense is that good, and I think you know they've already played once this year. The Jets know what they're going to get. I would bet it now because if Hill's out, it'll probably drop, but uh, that's where I'm going with that. The Dolphins' team total under. I got a little different view in this game. I don't really have – I don't have a team total or anything like that. I actually leaned with the Miami Dolphins in the first half. You mentioned Tyreek Hill being out. I don't know. Is New York really that good? I think they're okay. They're good defensively, but that feels like it might be a one-off with Zach Wilson there. The Texans were pretty beat up. You mentioned how the Dolphins had a ton of good games coming up on deck. They need to win this one. I don't know if they keep their foot on their necks or anything, but I think they do come out kind of guns blazing. They did blow them out at the beginning of the year. They beat them at the end of last season too with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. So maybe it's just a good matchup for the Dolphins. I do think their defense is a little underrated. I took the Dolphins, if I had to, in the first half, minus the five and a half. Well, I can't get there. I mean, if if nothing else, the Dolphins are bringing confidence to South Florida. And, you know, I'm not sure Miami has it after last week, but we'll see. Um, if you made me, I'm taking the points. If I like the Dolphins team total under then I have to like the Jets. Let's move to our next NFL game. This will be America's game of the week. It'll be the Dallas Cowboys traveling to the Buffalo Bills here. Currently, this one, Buffalo favored by a point and a half, two points, depending on where you look. Total sitting there at 50 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for Cowboys-Bills? Yeah, I mean, I was the fool who thought the Eagles had a chance last week, and I thought the Chiefs would take care of business. So, you know, take whatever I'm going to say with a grain of salt. You know, I know. Buffalo won, but, you know, they were more or less handed that game by Canarius Tony, and we could go on about that. But, yeah, they went into Kansas City and won a game they absolutely had to. They have to win them all, actually. I mean, I'm starting to believe Dallas is for real, and as the 49ers stumble, which I don't see, Dallas still has a shot at the number one seed, which is the only seed that gets a bye anymore. But I think I'm going to go square on this one. I don't want to touch a side. Even last week, Buffalo tried hard not to win that game. And you look at the body of work, I mean, I don't think I can underscore, oh, Buffalo is back. I don't think their defense has clearly woken up. I mean, Dallas's offense has. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys team total over. They've scored, I think, 33 or more in six of the last seven games. So I don't think they get – I think they get plenty of points here one way or the other. I think I think Buffalo is going to have to have to catch up to Dallas at some point. So I'll take, uh, I'll take the Bills – I mean, the uh, Cowboys team total over. I'll probably look at Josh Allen over props, attempts at least, only because I think they might be playing from behind, and I don't think they'll be able to run on Dallas. So Josh Allen over pass attempts and uh, the Dallas team total over. Yeah, I looked at this game, and it's America's game of the week. It's going to be a big primetime game, probably a lot of people betting the over. I wanted to bet the under 50-and-a-half, and my reasoning was the Cowboys are coming off of an emotional win against the Eagles. The Bills are coming off an emotional win against – Kansas City 
maybe little letdowns for both teams. Obviously, both know that they have to keep winning, but I, I could see a little bit of a letdown, at least in the first half. And then this is outside in Buffalo. We know it gets windy and cold. It's supposed to be just over freezing in Buffalo. I still don't know if I believe in Dallas. You said you're you're starting to think Dallas is for real. I get it, but outside of Philly, have they really beaten any good teams? And you're taking that team that's used to a dome climate into some crappy weather that they really haven't played in at all this season. I could see that wearing on that offense. Plus, both of these teams are top 10 against the pass. Both of these teams are top half defenses against the run. I'm going to play the under 50 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, it's clearly inflated because of who the teams are. I mean, I the weather's not going to be that bad in Buffalo. So, well, you know, and I don't think you're going to see letdowns. I think you're going to see energy because of the time of year it is. But uh, I would certainly be with you on the under. I'd like to get to 51. Uh, that may or may not happen. That's kind of a key number there as well. Um, but I, I don't think I could take the over. So I'm, I'm, I'm halfway in agreement with you. Uh, let's look at our next NFL game, another primetime game. This is going to be Sunday night. We have the Baltimore Ravens minus three and a half. Depending on where you look, there might be some threes out there against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Total coming in at 42 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for Ravens, Jaguars? Yeah, I mean, if it weren't this time of year where it's kind of go time, I mean, the Rams, I mean, the, the Ravens beat the Rams, but their defense allowed 31 points and it took overtime for them to do it. I mean, a win is a win, but it wasn't pretty uh, and it took a lot of energy. And, you know, Jacksonville lost to Cleveland, but what was troubling in that game was Trevor Lawrence. I mean, yeah, he threw three picks and they were all bad throws, but he didn't look like he was playing on two good wheels. And I don't know whether a week off this week helps his ankle recovery. Or if playing last week, you know, sort of didn't help it. Having lost two straight games, I mean, they're in a must win. I mean, they've got a they've got a one game lead now in, in their own division, and they once had a, a decent shot at a one seed. I, I think that you know they're talented, but it hasn't translated into being a team uh, that you can trust week in and week out. And what bothers me is uh, they've given up a lot of points in the last couple of weeks. Now they face a mobile quarterback. Last time that happened, they faced the Chiefs. At home, everybody thought they might have a chance there. They didn't. I think I'm going to go ahead and take Baltimore. I, I, you know, home underdogs are always something I, you know, everybody loves them. But, you know, the game has changed. And I think, you know, with or without Mark Andrews, I, th I think the Ravens are just better suited to play a big game right now. I totally agree with you with the Trevor Lawrence statement that six days after that high ankle sprain, he did not look good, especially in the first half, just in general. They've kind of been giving up a decent amount of points here the last couple games. You also mentioned that. Just looking at the matchups, though, the Jaguars stopped the run pretty well, but they're not that great against the pass. On the flip side, the Ravens are pretty darn good against the run and the pass. And then Trevor Lawrence being banged up is not going to help Jaguars at all. I think Lamar Jackson's actually having a pretty darn good year. I think he'll be able to, to throw another you know dimension at Jacksonville with his legs where maybe Jacksonville's rush defense won't be as good. And it seems like some of those young players like the Flowers and the Isaiah Likelys, the replacement for Mark Andrews, are, are really playing well. I kind of like the Ravens' team total over 23.5. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there at all, to be honest with you. Jacksonville's, as I said, been giving up a lot of points. So, yes, I I. I cannot argue with you. Uh, let's move to our final game on the NFL slate, another primetime game. It's going to be Monday night football, Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Currently in this one, Eagles favored by three and a half, four. 
with a total sitting there at 47 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for Monday night football? Yeah, I mean, this is one I will take the home underdog. I know Seattle's lost a bunch in a row, but, you know, they're still six and seven, and they actually have several winnable games coming up. So I, they're in the hunt, I guess you'd say. And you look at their losses, though. They lost at the Rams by a point. And that was, you know, when the Rams were starting to get their shit together. And and two losses to the 49ers and one to Dallas in a the game they could have won. So, you know, I don't think Seattle is all that bad. And you got the travel schedule. You got Philadelphia. You know, they, they uh, you know, they got crushed by San Francisco. They got crushed by Dallas on the road. They fly back to Philly. Now they got to go all the way to Seattle. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking that's going to be a closer game than people think. And, uh, I will take Seattle. If I had to bet the side, I would agree with you. I'd, I'd take the the home dog. But when I looked at the matchup, I wanted to get out in front of it knowing that public games that are big-time prime-time games that stand alone normally take money to the over. I think I would take the over here at 47 and a half. I'm just looking at these matchups. Both teams need – I should say Seattle needs this game like blood. Philly, if they want to contend for the division, they need this game as well. But looking at both of the defenses, Philly stops the run well, but Seattle doesn't run the football. The Eagles stink at stopping the pass. So do the Seahawks. Both of these teams can throw the football. I think both will be able to throw it against the other's defense. I look at some of the games that these two teams have played against lesser passing defenses, and all of them have went way over, would go way over this total. I would take the over 47 and a half and lean with you with the Seahawks. Fair enough. You and your square overs. Hey, they win sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, good luck. Just know that if they aren't, we'll talk about that next week. All right, Dave. Anything else in the NFL that caught your eye? Maybe the market's been screaming, bet this. Um, I, I will share one that I did bet that's not the market. Um, I love the Rams team total over. You know, they've got their shit together, as I said, and they've been they've been putting up points and they're facing a Washington team that's last in points per game and in, in, uh, allowed in the in the league and even worse lately. So I don't know how the Rams, I mean, I got 27 and a half. It's probably 28. I'd play that all the way up to 30. You know, Washington's just kind of playing out the string. They're what four and four and whatever. I think they could end up four and thirteen. Looking at their schedule going forward, they're going to travel. You know, Ron Rivera is probably a lame duck. I I just uh, I don't see the effort there from from Washington. Or even if we get the effort, uh, I think the Rams will just you know if Washington scores, the Rams will score more. I, I do like that team total over. I like a game actually tonight Thursday night football. I would take the Raiders on the money line. Raiders Chargers played earlier this year. If the Raiders didn't lose the turnover battle by I think it was two or three, they probably win that game. That was with Justin Herbert. Now no Justin Herbert, no Keenan Allen. The Raiders feel like they're a team playing harder. The Chargers feel like a dead team. Easton Sticks going to be playing quarterback. Raiders actually have a decent pass defense. I would take the Raiders on the money line, uh, consider the minus three. And then the other games that I looked at, uh, Dave, Minnesota Vikings, Cincinnati Bengals under Jake Browning. I know he's getting a lot of love. They're scoring a lot of points, but this is clearly the best defense that he's going to see. Minnesota top five against the run, top half against the pass. Flores has them playing pretty well, but they still don't have a quarterback. They still can't run the football. The running backs are already banged up. I like the under in that game. And then uh, I think that was it for me. Yeah, I took, I think I took Nick Mullins uh, over 224 passing yards and that's up to 238 now. So I feel pretty good about that one. 
Uh, in your other game, I like Austin Ekeler over 26 and a half receiving yards for a number of reasons. I know his, his stats will bear that out. I could go on, but you know, if Easton sticks there, they're either going to use Ekeler in, in called plays or he's going to have to dump it off to him probably more than you might think. So I think Ekeler goes over receiving yards. Well, there you go. That'll do it for our NFL slate of games here in week 15. Uh, once again, if you want to find any more of our content, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler or his work at pregame.com. Again, just want to ask that you continue to download, listen, subscribe, and share the winner's take with your friends. And Dave, we'll be back here next week for week 16 in the NFL and week two of uh, college bowl games. I have a ton of bowl games to choose from. But until then, let's continue to win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com, in the Zone app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe.